Acquiring a defenseman remains top of mind for Leafs GM Brad Living. Who could he potentially target? And what kind of trades are being thrown out there? I'll discuss that and more on this edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morissetti from Sportsnet. As always, Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever we get your podcasts from, and make sure you catch us up on YouTube, Locked On Leafs, each and every day, because it is your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. As you can see, I'm solo for today. Mike DeStefano is not here this week. He is on vacation. And the Leafs are also technically on a vacation because they are in the All-Star break. They are not scheduled to play again until February 5th when they welcome the New York Islanders. And there are some players who won't get the week off, namely Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, Mitch Marner, William Nylander with the NHL All-Star game coming to Toronto. So most of the Leafs are probably somewhere nice and warm, probably getting some much-needed relaxation and rest as they go for the final stretch of the season here. But you know who's probably still working? The Leafs front office, especially general manager Bradshaw Living. And... It's no surprise to hear Ellie Freeman on the 32 Thoughts podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, I do suggest you go and listen to it. It's always a great podcast to get some great insider info. And basically, Ellie Freeman's echoing what he has probably been saying for a really long time, and that is that the Leafs are in on almost every defenseman that you could potentially name as a potential trade target. The Leafs are most likely checking in on that defenseman to not only see their availability, but what the cost would be to acquire said defenseman. It is the one position the Leafs have needed to figure out basically since the offseason. Yeah, even after the John Klingberg signing, who would have thought the Leafs still needed to improve their defense? Well, after watching John Klingberg play defense, that became pretty apparent. So the Leafs are still looking to Add a defenseman, we don't really know if there's a specific target out there because it's tough to gauge really where certain teams are in terms of buyers and sellers, right? You know, I know for the longest time we talked about a player like Chris Tanev, and at one point the Calgary Flames decided let's go on a little bit of a run here, actually play some decent hockey and put ourselves in the playoff conversation. Well, unfortunately, the Calgary Flames currently find themselves five points out of the playoffs, and they have, as I'm looking here on the right now, one, two, three, three teams ahead of them with L.A. and St. Louis holding the final two spots. So they would have to leave Rock three teams to even get into a wildcard position uh, with Nashville, Seattle, and Arizona all ahead of them in the standings. But here remains why 
obviously we're not really hearing specific targets as well for the leaves and it really becomes twofold here how much is brad Chilving willing to spend at the trade deadline that that you know i've heard some people say that brad Chilving shouldn't even go out and make a trade ahead of the day at trade deadline considering how this team has played this year they're not one defenseman away. If you ask a lot of people, this team is not one defenseman away from turning their season around and being a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Are they a playoff team? Yeah, they are a playoff team. People can argue against that, but can't argue the fact that right now in the standings, they are a playoff team. It's just they haven't played like a Stanley Cup contender. Nobody is arguing that, I don't think. There are probably people who say that this team can get things back together like the the Toronto Maple Leafs are fifth in the Eastern Conference in points percentage so yes while they are out of a wild card spot right now you also need to remember that the teams ahead like Tampa have three games Leafs have three games in hand on Tampa so that gap there and Tampa's only one point up that gap there can be shrunk pretty easily even just with one win by the Leafs all right so you have to think about that, you know, where the Le- how the Leafs have played this year. General Manager Bradshaw Living really needs to decide what's the best use of the assets. And we all remember when Bradshaw Living came here in the in the offseason, he pretty much said, I don't build my teams through trading during the uh during the season. That's just not the way that Bradshaw Living kind of sees it right and so that's going to be a tough that's going to be a tough task for him to really decide should he even spend the assets at all for this Leafs team and look when you are pretty much in win now mode when you you know as the Leafs have been ever since what since they acquired John Tavares the clock kind of started for them to push and go for a Stanley Cup okay when you have your top players like Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Riley, they're not, you know, rookies anymore. They're in their, they're getting in their primes. They're in the primes of their career. How many times can you say, you know what? We got to go for it. We got to go for it. It's cost this Leafs team, really, if you think about it. All those years that they have traded first round picks, second round picks, even third round picks not having those assets to draft has put them in tough spots. Now, all is forgiven, right, when you go out and you win a cup. But unfortunately, when you don't go as far as you want with all those first-round exits, that steep price of a first-round pick eventually does catch up to you, right? And we know where this Leafs team is right now with their caps, with their draft pick scenario where if they decide to trade this year's first round pick the 2024 pick then the Leafs would then not have a pick for two years until 2026 so they trade this year's first they won't pick in the first round again until 2026 the Leafs do not have a second round pick for the next three drafts that's something to also keep in mind there second round picks are still valuable picks the Leafs do not have the Leafs do have all their third round picks they do have actually they technically own the Islanders third round pick for this year. They recouped that in the Pierre Engvall trade. Um, the Leafs have three fifth rounders. I'm 
maybe they can do something with all those fifth rounders that they want to go and grab a depth option. That's that's something they could consider. But when we're talking about making that significant trade, that 2024 first round pick, or maybe the 2026 first round pick, whichever one the team decides is, you know, the one they want to put in play, you have to really think about is it worth giving up that pick for potentially, I don't even know how many, what you can really get just for the pick. You probably have to add more depending on what this Leafs team wants to do. And Brad Chaliving to me, it doesn't scream like he wants to go out and get a rental. And personally, and if you listen to the last edition of the podcast, when I had James from offside talk hockey talk on, I wasn't too into the idea of trading a first round pick to get a rental. The Leafs have done this way too often and it's come back to bite them. They don't get enough out of that first round pick for your rental. They just don't. You're taking a huge gamble. I And I mentioned it yesterday. And I'm going to mention it again today. Reason why Tampa has been able to keep that window open for as long as they've done it is because when they trade a first round pick, they're getting more than a rental. They find a way to keep, well, Brand Hagel, that was, you know, a, an RFA. Different scenario was a guy that they had under contract. Uh, well, he was under contract, then they signed him to that extension. I look at the guys that they have brought in with those first round picks, and they, they're still there. When they spend the capital, they keep the player around. But what Tampa also does, when they realize they are keeping a certain player, and they need to make room, they find a way to trade the other players for something. You think about Ross Colton being traded to the Colorado Avalanche, right? Um, yeah, in some cases, Tampa has had to make the tough choice and let guys walk. It's the way it goes. You can't keep everybody. And this is something I think the Leafs really need to consider. If they are even going to trade for a defenseman, I remain of the opinion that you are getting someone you need to be getting someone that is not a rental. You need to have someone here after this season, because when you look at this defense after the season, Brody's a UFA, Giordano's a UFA. You do not have even, you know, you have Lilligren who is an RFA. You don't have many options past this season on your blue line. Okay. You have, Riley, Jake McCabe, Connor Timmons under contract. Yeah, you have Simone Benoit as an RFA, and you have Timothy Lilligren as an RFA. So you don't have a lot set for going forward. You now have to figure out how you're going to build this team with the new contract extension for William Nylander and Austin Matthews, both of those guys getting pay raises. Nylander almost pretty much doubling his, well, not really doubling, 1.7 times what his current cap hit is right now. Matthews gave him that extra couple million, almost couple million right there. Those are things you have to take into account when you're making these deals. And I guess, yeah, they know now know what their cap structure is going forward. But I will give Kyle Dubas this. In last year's trade deadline, he traded a lot. And it was there were some rentals in there. But that trade, when he got Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty from Chicago, 
that was the deal I liked the most. I mean, I also liked the Luke Shen deal. I thought Luke Shen was a was a pretty decent ad for what he brought and the price they paid as a third round pick. But Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty, I'm okay with trading a first round pick because those guys weren't rentals. Unfortunately, Sam Lafferty was traded. You probably want to do that trade again. Even what you would find a different way to make the cap work, in my opinion. But that's a trade there. That's the type of deal this Leafs team needs to look at. And I don't know how many of those deals are out there. But we can take a look. We can take a look to see if that deal is potentially out there. So we'll come back. We'll look at that here on the other side. This is the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end with a W or two or three this season. Not only can you bet who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has best for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Newcomers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is also brought to you by Factor. Get started on your resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor is ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie-smart, vegan, veggie, and more. Plus, over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factors 2-Minute Meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factors cheap and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you. Head to factormeals.com slash LockedOnNHL50 and use code Locked on NHL 50 to get 50% off. That's code locked on NHL 50 at factormeals.com slash locked on NHL 50 to get 50% off. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. David Morsuti here. Mike DeStefano is not here for this week. He is enjoying some, I believe he's in the Caribbean on a, on a very nice and well-deserved vacation. And a lot of players are probably in Mike's boat right now getting into some nice sunny weather uh, as the NHL all-star break is here. There are still some hockey being played right now. Um, Those teams will eventually get their break when that their schedule is done as well for the NHL all-star break. So kind of weird how they do it. I thought almost everyone would be off at the same time, but it also makes sense to not have all your teams off at the same time and leave your schedule completely empty. It's a good opportunity for the NHL to get some games in while it's a little bit quieter in the sports world right now. But what won't be quiet is trade chatter. That will still remain heading into the NHL trade deadline. And the Leafs have some big decisions to make, as I said in the last episode, 
last segment. And it's tough to know exactly where the lease will go because we don't really know exactly which players will be traded going into the NHL trade deadline. Now, for those who don't know, the NHL trade deadline is on Friday, March the 8th at 3 o'clock Eastern, like it always is, 3 o'clock Eastern. Those trades have to come in. So the Leafs and every team that's looking to make a deal right now, you're going to start hearing some trade chatter, I think, over the next few weeks. As we close the chat, we're pretty much closing the book on January. We're entering February really soon. That final month is going to be crucial for any team looking to make a deal. And as we have seen in the last few years, the real deals have come not on NHL trade deadline day. There are still some deals. There are still some deals, but a lot of the deals happen before then. You think about the Ryan O'Reilly trade last year. That happened well before the NHL trade deadline. And it allowed Kyle Dubas and company to see how how much this team really needed. They made that trade. It gave them a little bit more time to kind of assess what exactly the team was looking to do, what the team needed to do. And so now the real question here is who could the Leafs potentially go after heading into the NHL trade deadline? And unfortunately, if you're looking at pure rentals, there are some. Now, the only one name out of the rental market, maybe two, really scream to me as Leafs targets. And the main reason is the team that they play for right now. If you look at the Calgary Flames, they're a team that's not in the playoff picture right now. They're a team that I think aren't isn't going to allow what have what's going on this season to dictate what's going to happen in the offseason. Flames GM Craig Conroy, in a way, doesn't want to look at this group and say, we're going to give this group a chance to go out and compete. And then potentially lose Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin, and Elias Hinholm. Let them walk out the door for nothing. I don't see Craig Conroy doing that. And if you ask a lot of people on Calgary, they don't see that happening. So if you're Brad, you're living, you look at Hannafin and Tanev, and we know Ellie Freeman, I think, reported this a while ago, that the Leafs would have considered doing multiple defensemen from Calgary. This is when Zadorov was still available. Um, and the Leafs were trying to see if maybe there was a way to get both Tanev and Zadorov. And it was clear that that was just not enticing, enticing enough for Calgary to do. And the salary matching would have been really tough for the Leafs to get done. So when you look at Chris Tanev, I'll start with him first because he's a player. Again, we talked about this guy so many times on the podcast. He would be the ideal target for the Leafs top four player really could see him being you know if if uh you hear Sheldon Keith talk about he really doesn't have guys he can trust in those final moments Chris Tanner would be that guy if for me I would say if you're bringing in Tanner you could easily slide TJ Brody lower in the lineup maybe you have a a, a pairing of TJ Brody and Jake McCabe and then you can put Simone Benoit on that third pairing where he really should be playing and could probably be a really good asset as a third pairing defenseman. He's done very well for what he's being asked to, but he shouldn't be asked to be a top four defenseman for this long. 
And I think the Leafs understand that. So if there's a defenseman out there that we know should probably be available, it is Chris Tanev. Obviously, now, here are the concerns with Chris Tanev. He's a rental. No guarantee he signs. We'll even consider signing an extension in Toronto. So that's something you have to you know balance the risk and the reward. And maybe, you know, Brad Living knows what Chris Tanev is looking for in a potential contract. There's that familiarity there. Chris Tanev is 34. So if you even do look to sign Chris Tanev, how long are you going to give him in a deal? Because, you know, the same people who are complaining about TJ Brody and how he's slowing down, they're probably going to have the same criticisms if the Leafs sign Chris Tanev to an extension. And really, the Leafs are in a position right now where, yeah, they don't have many defensive defensemen coming through the wings right now that you could say can come in and replace a Chris Tanev. But we've seen also what could happen if you sign a deal with a defenseman that is on the decline. Now, I'm not saying Chris Tanev is on the decline. I think he would be the top defensive option on this team if they were to trade for him. No doubt about that. You just have to be very careful about his age and his injury history. He has not been healthy. Now, not all of it his fault. The style play, he gets himself in those situations where you know he takes a shot off the hand. He blocks a shot in an awkward way. He blocks a shot off his head. I've seen that from Chris Tanev. So you have to be very, very careful about that. But I do think Chris Tanner would be the ideal target if you can get him signed to a deal. It doesn't even have to be a really long deal, but something to say that we at least if we're trading that first round pick, because I've heard, especially if you need salary retained, that's the only way I would trade a first round pick. If salary is being retained, I get Chris Tanner. I have an inkling that I can get Chris Tanner signed. Now, I've also had, remember, one point hearing about. You know, would Noah Hannafin be a guy too? That's 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 an interesting move. Um, I just don't know if Chris Tanev, I'm sorry, if Noah Hannafin, if that would work. I just don't know if the Leafs have enough there to get a Noah Hannafin deal done. And per and honestly, I don't even think the Leafs would be able to sign him. I think Noah Hannafin wants to go out and get a really good deal and wants his choice of a spot. We've heard inklings that maybe he would go back to Calgary. There's been talks about a deal it being in the works there, but we don't know exactly where Calgary stands on that. And I don't know if Noah Hannafin sees himself as a long-term fit with Toronto. So that's something you have to consider there too. When you're looking at, at deals like that. Um, I've seen, I think the athletic, I think Jonas Siegel had put out, you know, in his trade targets, a guy like David Savard, where, you know, he's viewed as a depth guy. He signed past this year at 3.5 million, which isn't cheap, right? When you look at this leaf salary cap structure, three and a half million dollars for a defenseman, it's expensive. When you consider what he brings, he's purely defensive, you know, purely a defensive defenseman. Is he a top four guy? I don't know. I don't think he's, yeah, he's been playing hard minutes and things like that, but I don't know if that's the fit unless you get some salary retained. I don't think Montreal would make things easier for Toronto to acquire a um, a David Savard. So 
he that's the type of player you could use in the playoffs. He, I could I definitely understand that. He has a lot of experience. He's won a cup. He does those tough things, you know, that we that you would need from a defenseman like Savard. But you have to be careful of obviously the price and the contract with David Savard as well. And he and he also has an injury history as well. That's the other thing you have to consider as well. So, you know, and I'll even throw out some other names that I've seen people ask me about. Jacob Chickering. I don't know how the, things would go in Ottawa if they decide, A, to trade Jacob Chickering because I know that Steve Stales doesn't understand why Chickering's name is in the room. Well, unfortunately, when the Senators have been in the position they've been in all season long, they're not going to be seen as buyers. Although we did hear that Tanev was a player that Otto was looking for. But the thing is, Chris Tanev has a modified no trade clause. He could put Ottawa on that no trade clause and null and void that interest from Ottawa can go away very easily. I think for a Jacob Trigger to Toronto scenario, I just don't know if that's the defenseman they need. Is he's got he brings the offense from the blue line, which obviously it would be nice to have. But we also know that he is not that defensive reliable player that, yeah, he brings the skill, but he doesn't bring those things, those elements that the Leafs really need. The good thing is, is he has another year left on his deal, 4.6 million. So at least then you're not paying for rental. But we know Ottawa, considering he has a year left on his deal, are going to want a King's ransom. And I don't know if they even want to trade a Jacob Chicker into Toronto too. That's something you always have to consider when you're looking at rival, rival teams. Uh, we've heard Ilya Lubushkin's name being brought up. Again, he's a player that had success in Toronto when he was here. Got a good contract out of it when he went to Buffalo. Uh, he has a $2.75 million cap hit. Anaheim can easily take half of that considering they are not in a position to go out and be a contender. And they're going to want assets for an Ilya Lubushkin. How much? This is similar to that Luke Shen territory, like that third round pick I could potentially see for an Ilya Lubushkin. That, that's how I, I, I potentially see that. Um, and, you know, you know what? We Leafs fans know what Ilya Lubushkin brings to the table. So there's that familiarity there as well. Uh, other players that I've seen on top of uh Lubuchkin, I've seen Adam Larson's name being brought up. That to me seems like maybe too much for the Leafs to go after. He would be a good top four fit, don't get me wrong, but you have to think about a couple of things here. He has a modified no trade clause, he has a 10 team no trade list, he could easily put you know the Leafs on that. He has Another year left at $4 million, uh, $4 million cap hit, which not not terrible for a top four defenseman. We know that he likes to, he's really good at blocking shots. He plays that style game that I think could be, could be very useful for Toronto. He has some, he got some good playoff experience when he was with Seattle last year. He had some with the others, not a whole lot. I wouldn't hate the idea of bringing in Adam Larson. I would just be very wary of the cost. Obviously, a first round that first round pick would have to be included. But you know that Seattle is asking for more than a first round pick for Adam Larson. That's just what I think. Um, how much? Tough to say. 
they would probably go after a prospect or two on top of that. And then I know I've seen Sean Walker's name. To me, he does not look like the Bradshaw living prototypical prototypical defenseman of small size, more of an offensive guy than a defensive guy. But he's he's having a great season, playing over 21 minutes for uh, for Philly, one of the bigger surprises of the year. Just don't know if that's exactly what the Leafs need. Again, we're all talking. The Leafs are not going to be able to go out and get a bunch of guys. They don't have enough bullets in the chamber, and they their cupboards for the prospects are pretty bare. I don't see them wanting to trade an Easton Count. I don't definitely not a Fraser Minton with the way that he's played this year, and you know how close he is to the NHL, how much closer he was than maybe we thought he was initially. So you just have to be very careful about going too far with trade ideas speaking of trade ideas why don't we look at some here on the other side i did see some over at cap friendly i thought it would be interesting to point out here so we'll do that here on the other side this is locked on these podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day today's episode of locked on these podcast is brought to you by ebay motors Passing drive and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring it home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guarantee fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. David Morissuti here. And we've looked at some potential trade targets that the Leafs could look at. Um, and then I like, what would these cost? What would the Leafs even be willing to pay to get a defenseman or even to get any, uh, you know, any of the, any of the potential, uh, options out there. And I always like, as an example, as a, a little exercise to go and see maybe what, you know, there's some decent options being thrown out there on cap friendly because cap friendly, as you know, they do have the tr- armchair GM where you can make trades, you can make changes to the roster. We've done it here on the podcast before. Sometimes you get some interesting ones, and then you get just you you just your jaw drops to the floor sometimes when you see some of these ideas. So let's get right into it. So I'm going to share my screen here for those that are watching on YouTube. Those of you that are not watching on YouTube, you may want to go and take a look here. Uh, if you're listening on the audio forum, just a little get a little later into the podcast here on YouTube. So. This one was labeled as True Living's Dream. Okay. This one here. Now, I'm not always going to bring up options like this because I think they're serious. I just want to see where's the mindset that some of these people go with. So basically, this is like the Leafs deciding we want all the Calgary guys from Calgary. And apparently, this person believes that the... (laughs) Brad Living's dream is to go and get Blake Coleman, Jonathan Huberto, Nassim Kadri, Mackenzie Weir. Yes, all players that he acquired during his time in Calgary. I see what they're doing here. You get that Calgary, 
has the pleasure of receiving Simone Benoit, Noah Gregor, Cal Croak, Matthew Nice, Timothy Luger, Nick Robertson. Yeah, we already know that trade is never happening. I don't know why people even go through the bother even going through this. And then I didn't realize it at first. There was more. There was more to this than just this ludicrous trade to Calgary. Let's go and see what the Leafs would give up to get Dougie Hamilton from the New Jersey Devils. You're going to trade Mitch Marner, Fraser Minton, Morgan Rowley. Oh, take two first-round picks while you're at it. Okay. Okay, fine. We'll entertain that idea for some strange reason that the Leafs would trade all that for Dougie Hamilton. Okay. It gets better. There's a third trade because then the Leafs are going to actually go back to Calgary and they're going to trade them Jacob Markstrom. Okay, they're going to get Jacob Markstrom to trade them Pontus Holmberg, John Tavares, Joseph Wool, and two third round picks. Sure, why not? Just continue to gut the roster and covers. Oh, it gets better. Oh, then you're also going to get Michael Backlund, sign him to a seven year extension, trade him Easton Cow and Jake McCabe and Topi Niamla. So <laughs> the best part about this is I wanted to see what this Leafs roster would look like. And for some reason, Jeff Carter is here too. So this is more of a long-term outlook past this season. And I don't get this. I like, do you think this Leafs roster is somehow better? And John, you know, got Chris Tanner about 1.25 million. I don't even know how that happened. One of the more bizarre things I have seen on Cap Friendly, and I've seen some really, really bizarre things. Uh, let's go on to another interesting deal that I saw here on Cap Friendly. We got, we got the, we got the ludicrous one out of the way. I just want to show you. Some people have too much time on their hands sometimes when they go on Cap Friendly. So this one here, people really like the idea of Colton Pareko. So in this deal, Leafs would get Colton Pareko, Oscar Sundquist, pretty decent depth player, for TJ Brody, Timothy Lilligren, Bobby McMahon, Fraser Minton, a first and a third. Why St. Louis would do this, not entirely sure. They do get younger players like Minton and Lilligren. They get the draft pro draft capital. The Leafs get Colton Pareko, who, you know what? Colton Pareko right now wouldn't mind. Colton Pareko down the road. With his cap hit, with his contract and his age and potential decline, not really sure I'm as much of a fan of that, considering what you're giving up. Yes, you get Colton Pareko for the long haul. Just not sure that's something I would want the Leafs to do. Then you make another trade with the Seattle Kraken. You get Adam Larson at half retain for this year, next year. Cole Lind and Seattle would get Topi Niemla, Connor Timmins, a fifth-round pick, and the 2026 first-round pick. A deal like this, I will say, isn't the most bizarre deal I would expect. I kind of said that a deal for Adam Larson would have to include a first. You'd have to do something potential with the money. So Seattle would get a, a player back in Connor Timmons. Don't know if that really does much for Seattle. Toby Niemla is obviously um, with the first round pick. He's the center part of the deal. All depends on if Seattle even values uh, Toby Niemla. He hasn't. He's done pretty well with the Marlies, but I, he's not. Not many people are jumping 
out of their seats for Topi Niema. He's not being really propped up as a top prospect like Fraser Minton and Easton Cowan are right now. And then there's a final deal here, kind of a couple of little minor deals. Troy Setcher for a third-round pick. Connor uh, Dewar from Minnesota for a third-round pick. And so, and then you would send Ryan Reeves to the AHL so you can get all the cap stuff to work. So really the big changes on the fourth line here, um, which, again, yeah, I kind of, when you look at what the Leafs are going to do, don't know how much the top six is going to change between now and the trade deadline. The real change obviously comes on the right side of the defense. You're, you pretty much re, uh, you redid your whole right side with Larson, Pareko, and Stetcher, according to this person. I just think that's a lot. We know how much when the Leafs made all those changes last year, it really kind of affected the balance and the chemistry. I just think that's a little too much to consider. Um, but I still think the Adam Larson one, that's an interesting nugget there. If Adam Larson's available and if the Leafs even want to consider a deal like that. All right. We got one last one here that I will bring up. So again, this one was not as bad as the first one that I brought up, the ludicrous one. Now we have the Leafs add Tanov trade. So I want to see what, what exactly would the Leafs have to give up to get Tanov? What are people thinking here? So, this trade, there's one trade that this person believes would happen before a TANF trade happens. You trade Nick Robertson to the Washington Capitals to get a second and a fourth. Obviously, we've seen the Leafs do this before, where they traded Rasmus Sandin. Now, they got Gustafson back in return, but they did get a first-round pick. Recoup some draft capital for a younger player that, look, Nick Robertson has done some really good things for the Leafs this year. Uh, after sitting out for a long time, he's starting to pick things up the last few weeks. The question now is, do you think Nick Robertson is a guy you want to keep around for the long term, especially in the playoffs? Or do you see if maybe a team is willing to give you something that gets you something that you want? And in this case, uh, this person believes that you take some of that draft capital you get in a Nick Robertson deal and you go and get yourself Chris Tanev with 2.25 retained. You trade Calgary a third-round pick and that second-round pick that you get uh, from Washington, which is technically not Washington's pick, but the Bruins' pick in 2025. And then you're also doing a one-for-one -one trade with the Islanders, Oliver Wallstrom for Connor Timmins. Not sure I really see a deal like that coming together, but a lot of people are seeing a Connor Timmins being traded out of town. I wouldn't be surprised if the Leafs need to get salary moved kind of like when they traded Pierre Engvall just to get his salary off the books. I think you could really do see the Leafs doing a trade like sending Connor Timmins, considering what he makes and him not being a regular in the lineup. That's just a little too much for the Leafs to carry right now. I could see that. I can understand that. So after the picks are done, the interesting here, thing here is the Leafs don't even use a first-round pick in this. I think that's what that person was trying to get at here. And the obviously the change here is Wallstrom, would take over for Nick Robertson. I just don't know if I see Lou Lamarillo parting with Oliver Wallstrom for Connor Timmons. That's why I'm not really sure about that one. Then you get Chris Tanev, obviously, at $2.25 million cap it. So, again, not the most bizarre, I will say, not the most bizarre moves considering, I mean, the first one was a bizarre one. That one was just me. 
trying to gauge how people will come up with something like that. But the other two weren't terrible. And the reason why I say that is because, again, I'm more, I do think Chris Tam is going to fetch more because I think more teams are going to be involved. More teams are going to be interested and the price is going to go up. But the Adam Larson one was an interesting one because, again, that's a, that's the ideal type of target if you're going to go and make a move for the Leafs. Try to get someone with term. Adam Larson is that guy, and he's a top four guy. He does bring some of those elements that I think you're going to need and come playoff time. Adam Larson does bring a little bit of that. What say you, Leafs fans? Any of those trades make sense for you? Does even making a trade make sense for you? Let me know. And we are going to be doing the mailbag this week. I'm asking you guys submit your mailbag requests. I'm going to put out a separate video as well. So I get those mailbag requests and I will hopefully have that. I'm trying to get the little end of the week, give some people some time to ask questions, but I do want to do that mailbag. It might even have to be a two-part episode because we tend to get quite a few mailbags and I like to go and be pretty thorough with the responses to the mailbag. So we'll do that here later on the Locked On These Podcast. want to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can go and follow myself at the underscore Morsuti on X. You can also follow the show at Locked On These. Make sure you go and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Make sure you also catch us up on YouTube. Make sure you're getting notifications when the new videos come out. We really do appreciate it. Comment. Give us a like. Give us a good rating over on iTunes as well. So that helps with the algorithm a little bit. But until then, keep locked right here. Unlocked on Leafs.